1: Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God.
0: And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the
1: redeemed. Song of the redeemed. Well, thank you for tuning into the podcast today. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh. And We are dealing today with uh, something a little bit different on the podcast. I know we've had testimonies of several on the podcast, uh, but today we have a testimony of a brother. He's a brother to a man who's already given his testimony in the podcast. Timothy Asquith is with us, and then a little bit later on here in the week, maybe in the weeks to come, we're going to have Samuel Askwith, his brother, also testify the saving grace of God. One of the interesting things about each of these men is that they are a pastor's sons. And each one of them was born a pastor's family, raised in a preacher's home. But it just goes to show that you're not grandfathered in. Genealogy is not gonna save you. It's not going to be the works of righteousness, which you've done, that save you. It's the work of Jesus Christ. And so Timothy is here to share his testimony. I do pray it's a help. I pray it's a blessing to you. Please don't forget the Blaine services at the Manasseh Community Baptist Church, upcoming on the 30th of October. They begin on Sunday. We'll be there all day. And then Monday through Friday, up to the 4th of November, 7 o'clock each night. And would we'll ask you to pray for those services. If you're unable to attend, they will not be live streamed, but they should be recorded and posted on onesouletthetime.net. And so, Timothy, I'd like you to share your podcast. Timothy, I'd like you to share your testimony on the podcast, what the Lord has done for you. Thank you so much for being here. I grew up in a household,
0: like Brother McVeigh said, where the Word of God was honored. My father always put it to us that the King James Bible was correct. And I think because of that, because of knowing that the Word of God was true and that there was a true Word of God, it had a weight in my life to show me towards God, to move me towards God. I remember at a very young age understanding that I was lost, understanding that I did not have salvation. Our family had gone through a terrible upset when I was just a child. I really didn't have many memories of it, but it had turned me into a person who was wild and crazy without discipline in my life. I was a very hateful young child and uh, almost despised of my brother's They wouldn't want me around, but that hatefulness bothered me, and I wanted it to change. I wanted that to not be me anymore. They would tell me, Tim, you'll never have friends. No one is going to like you. You don't even know how to make a friend, and they were right, but it would hurt my feelings, but then I remember a time when we went to a meeting in Hamburg, New York, where there was preaching, and it was convicting, and I was only nine years old, and I can remember being under conviction so strong that I would sit there in the pew and shake and sob and realize that I was lost and undone and I wanted to be saved. I wanted God to do something with me. But there was a, there was something in me that held on to my sin, held on to the way I thought, my anger, my pride, probably most of all. I don't understand all those things, but Certainly my pride was very strong in me, and even as a child, I chose my own sin above God when I would now look back and think that was so foolish. So God had done a work in me around that time when I was nine years old. He had reformed me in some way where there was kindness that God had showed to me, and I was happier, I had peace, I my brothers liked being around me, things had changed in my life, and then my father had come to The meeting, or come to Black Creek, New York, and become the pastor here at this church, and there was almost a drifting away from me. I started to go to public school. I didn't think about God anymore. It was far from me, and I was introduced to sin in my life that would forever hold on to me before Jesus Christ could do any work in me. That sin started to defeat me and bring me very low, and then I remember again God reached out to me when I was probably 14, 15 years old, during a meeting in the summer called Youth Week at Black Creek. And in that meeting, God awakened me and it was a harsh awakening. I can remember sitting in the pew, sobbing and thinking, if only I could be saved, if only I could give up this sin. But even then, a preacher reminded me last year that even then I had said to the preacher, I just don't know what people will think at school. I'm afraid of what people would think. I was going to public school at the time. And I think now I look at that and I, I cannot even believe that I would say that. I, I don't understand why I would say that, but clearly there was just that pride. A strength in me to sin, a strength in me to not go towards God, even being so depressed and deprived and villainous in my own personal life. But I couldn't do anything about it. I, there was no, there was, I loved my sin. I loved the world. I could not tor- turn towards God. And really, since that time, probably 15 years old, any meeting, any consistent meeting where there was preaching and the word of God was honored and there was conviction, it would bother me and it would eat at me. And I I couldn't get away from it. And I would sit in the pew and just be troubled and ache. My body would hurt and I would just cry and wonder, what can I do about this and be determined to reform in some way? I'm going to search for God And then I did. I I remember being 17 years old. It was my senior year in high school, and I determined I was going to search for God. I, I I was the kid that would get up five minutes before the bus showed up, be very late, never any effort in school. But I decided at that time to make an effort towards God. I would get up at five in the morning, and I would read my Bible. And then I would determine to pray. I would go out into the woods, and I would pray and ask God, would you help me? And God had dealt with me. God helped me very greatly in that time period. In that year and a half, God had taken some things out of my life and revealed some things to me and showed me great things, but things that were not enough for me to give up on my own sin. I, I loved my sin, but that conviction, that strength to read my Bible, that strength to follow after God, pray, all of that went away. I gave up on it. I fell back into the depths of my sin my villainy. I had no strength. I was a rebel. I stood against God. But in this last year, you see, I would spend a lot of time with preachers to give some context to it. I would spend a lot of. I would go to preachers' houses. I would be around them. I would. I. I liked the preachers. I liked uh, the. The preacher with me here right now, Brother McVeigh. I loved the. I loved the man of God. I loved his family, and there was a desire for me to be a Christian. for for me to love that, to, to want that, but there was still that strength of sin in my life. I couldn't do it, I could not give up my sin, I could not, the desire for sin, the desire for the world was way, way too strong. I could sit on the altar in a meeting, begging God, crying, shaking, gritting my teeth, and squeezing my fist, doing anything God, please save me. I just want to be saved so bad. But I look back now and realize as soon as I would get up from that altar, I would go right back to my sin, have no desire for that, even though I loved the Christian life. I wanted to be a Christian. I wanted to be around Christians. Christians were the men that I looked up to, my heroes. But I had sin. I loved my sin. And then this last year in June the meeting that God had used to awaken me years ago when I was 15, a man had preached on bitterness and I had never really considered myself a bitter person. I would hear preaching on bitterness and I would think, I am not bitter. I I know people that are bitter. I may be irritated at times, but I'm not bitter. But God so clearly showed me that I was bitter and really I had to make a decision listening to the preaching that I was just going to admit it. And for me to admit it was just a sob. It just opened up. And it was like floodgates opening. It was crushing. But I faced that and I realized I'm so bitter and there's nothing I can do about it. I must face that. And I did what I could. The preacher said, if you need to talk to people, talk to people. And I, I responded to that. I did it that night. Whatever I could do to... Respond to the preaching I did, and I reached out to people, I talked to them, but it wasn't over then. That wasn't the thing necessarily God wanted from me, but certainly that had to go. The bitterness was a huge obstruction, and it had to go, and it did go. A man of God, Zach Vernon, had preached that week about being stuck in the woods away from his father, but and he was searching for his father and scared as a child, and then at one point he could hear his father crying out, but In between him and his father was a briar patch. And to get to his father, he realized he had to push through that. And he thought, what a simple thing to push through. It's just briars. And I cried out in my soul thinking, if I could just push through the briar patch this week, if God would give me a chance, I would take that opportunity. And thank God he gave me that chance. You see, it was uh, a sequential event in this week. I look to that week that had happened in June and think only by the grace of God, message after message that was crafted by God for me to be able to hear and understand for the first time. I'll give you the next sequence. A man preached on choosing the right woman for you, not choosing some woman from the world. And that was a problem to me. That was for some reason I would I would rather have my own choice in life. And it represented more than that. I look at that now and realize that was, that was my attitude was that I would rather make my own choice. If someone told me to do something and I realized that that was the right thing to do, it would irritate me that someone told me and I already wasn't doing it. So I would determine to not do it then. But the man of God just saying that again, you need to do that. You need to choose that. You need to, you need to obey God in your life and your decisions and, and, lo and behold, he's poking me in the chest as he preaches. And I'm thinking, okay. And I get up from the message. It doesn't really sink in. And the man of God walks up to me, Brother McBay, after the message. And he just starts getting in my face and telling me, you know, that was about you. That was about you, Tim. And I didn't even understand. I'm like, okay, well, sure. That was about me. And later he tells me, Timothy, that was about you. I don't want you to be confused about that. But God had something for you in that. And not even right then, but just my heart thinking about that in my mind. And I kind of thought, I don't know how to give up. All those years on the altar and in my mind and in messages after message and preaching after preaching and meeting after meeting, how could I give up? I didn't have a desire to give up then, but I thought, I would rather have Jesus than my sin. I would rather, I would choose Jesus Christ over my own iniquities for the first time I would make that decision I would walk away from this meeting thinking I couldn't do it in myself but I would rather have Jesus and then that the meeting ended the Friday and God wanted it to go on so the next Saturday morning it was a sober morning for me I just felt low I felt quiet I didn't want to there was just some of the fight was kicked out of me I'm sure I really don't know how to put it, but that's probably it. The fight was just kicked out of me. And the man of God just preached a message on pride and the love of pleasures. And before the meeting, he had told a story about a man that had gotten saved a few years before who had just vomited his life on everybody. And he said, it'd probably be good for some of you to do that. And I thought, man, I would love to right now. I would love to. That everything in me wanted to get up and just say, Everything just vomit on people, how much of an idiot I am, and my stupidity. But then he preaches, and he started the message off saying, Men love pleasures more than God. And I thought, Wow, I'll say that that adds right to it. That's exactly me. I love pleasures. I'd rather have a conversation, I'd rather look at pornography, I'd rather work out, I'd rather watch a movie than have to do anything with God. But I loved that, and it was so deep in me to love that. And I thought, Wow, that's that's my problem. That's part of my problem. It's just eaten me alive, pleasures. And he preached on pride. He said, isn't pride a bad thing? <laughs> isn't pride an awful sin? We know the great, terrible sins that people speak of, but isn't pride an awful sin? And pride will send you to hell. And I knew that. And after the message, Brother Dale Morey, another man of God in my life, another man who would preach so many times to me, My Sunday school teacher, when I was just a child, and he came to me and he said, don't let this go. And i just very honest with him and usually very irritated with him when he would say something like that because he gets in my face and pokes me with a Bible in the chest and says awkward, mean things. But I appreciated it when he said it. He said, don't let that go. And I said, I have no intention. I have no intention on letting this go. I I want God to deal with me. Right through that time, my mom, we're all standing around. There's a lot of us there. And they're talking with so many lost people around. And the men of God are trying to deal with us all saying, you don't let this go. What, what, what is your problem? What's your disconnect? What's your separation from God? You can believe in hell, but you can't believe that Jesus will save you. And there was no fight. I mean, normally, I would love to argue. I, I grew up in a pastor's home. I grew up in a home where the man of God believed the word of God. And so I felt like I knew something about the word of God, like I had some spiritual understanding. So in my pride, I would argue with a man of God who actually had spiritual understanding. I didn't argue with him. I just, yes, I have no, I have no ability. I have no idea how to remedy the situation that I believe I would go to hell, but I cannot believe that Jesus Christ would save me. And my mom at that time had raised her hand and she gave a little testimony talking about her pastor who had told her a story when she was lost, saying, Ruthann, he being a saved man could walk out over hell knowing that the cross of Jesus Christ would keep him from falling in. He had that ability to, to, to realize that he had that faith from Jesus Christ to not fall into hell if he were to walk out over. And I thought, I don't have that ability. I can't do that. There's nothing in me to do that. I, I was standing on a carpet at the time and I looked over at the hardwood floor and I thought, if I stepped off that carpet, I would fall straight into hell. I thought, is that salvation? Could I, could I just step off this carpet and be saved? Is that? But there was no ability and I just wept and I just shook and it was so defeating. I felt so low. because There was no hope. There was no hope for me. And about five minutes later, I'm just I'm sitting there. And my brother Sam was talking about how God had worked in him and saved his soul. And he said that there's a faith that you can believe in. There's, like Jesus Christ can give you such a strong faith. And I believed that. For the first time in my life, I believed it. And it was peace. Just peace, right? I didn't even understand it. I was in a Bible study a couple weeks ago in Romans, and my dad was given the Bible study, and he read a verse about Abraham. He said, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of of Sarah's womb. And then the verse that hit me, he said, He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God did not stumble at the promise of God. It was the first time I did. And God had saved me. And what a difference and what a change it has made in my life. There is a lost soul who tired of his sinning and he longs to return
1: to the Lord as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelists.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manassa Community Baptist Church. 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania, 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption calleth nigh. Now the
0: angels of God are child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing.